Hey, I am a big fan of true crime. My daughter said I'm always watching sad British TV. And I said, it's police procedurals, right? And I watch 48 Hours, Dateline, and Forensic Files, one of my favorite shows. And I have noticed something about these shows that underscores a big issue in American news media. I've got some explaining to do. Let's get into it. Hey there, hi there, ho there. Welcome back to another episode of Ayana Explains It All, the podcast hosted by the Black Muslim lady lawyer single mother, with an opinion on everything, born and raised in the hood, living in the suburbs of Northeast Ohio. I don't know why it matters, but to some people it does. They want to know where I'm located. I'm in Northeast Ohio. I record this in my house. I distribute Ayana Explains It All on 12 different streaming platforms, including my flagship Anchor FM, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, iHeartRadio, and It's also available on YouTube. Yes, you can listen to my podcast pre-recorded on YouTube. I don't do any live streams. I don't do any recording of my face or anything because really, I'm sitting here in my pajamas. I don't have any, my face probably isn't even washed while I'm recording this. Nobody wants to see that, okay? But I'm doing this from my house and it's probably about 11 o'clock at night because I'm a procrastinator. One of the things I do not like about myself, but hey, when you're the only person who has to do everything, sometimes things don't get done until 11 o'clock at night, and that's just the way it is. So the last time I was here, I was in a really bad way. And honestly, I'm still grieving. I'm still not having a good time on earth, but I'm slowly regaining um, the desire to do some things like record my podcast. My podcast is something that I've put a lot of work into and I don't want it to fail. I want it to be very successful, wildly successful. I want you all to send me messages on Facebook. My podcast has a page on Facebook. I have a page on Instagram. I'm on TikTok as Ayana Explains It All Pod. On Facebook, it is Ayana Explains It All. And on Instagram, it is Ayana Explains It All with an underscore between each word And my name is spelled A-Y-A-N-A. Let's get into it. Now, as I said before, I'm a huge fan of true crime. I listen to the true crime podcasts. I watch TV shows. I watch the Oxygen channel and the ID channel. They've got all these shows about bad neighbors, bad roommates, bad parents, (laughs) bad kids. They even have a show about twins who kill There are all these different shows and they're mostly, a lot of them are dramatic reenactments of what happened and others are the family members and the friends and things come and tell the story about how a person was, um, about how a person was murdered or someone who did the killing. But one thing, I was looking for a particular episode of the show 48 Hours. It comes on CBS and all of the episodes are available on Hulu. It's either Hulu or Paramount Plus, one of those. I have both of them. And I was looking for a particular episode and I'm scrolling and scrolling. It's like hundreds of episodes of this show. It's the one hosted by Aaron Moriarty and Josh Mankiewicz is the Dateline guy. There are hundreds of episodes of these shows and they replay on the own network. They replay on Oxygen. They replay everywhere. The one thing I noticed about at least Dateline and 48 Hours is that most of their stories are about white victims of crime. It's shocking because they've had hundreds, if not thousands of episodes of these shows that replay over and over again. And most of the stories are about white women who were killed, white women who killed white men who were killed, white men who do the killing. Or, or 
white people who were killed by black people. Black people, black women, men, children are rarely the subject of these shows unless they are the criminal, the villain, the person on trial. And I thought to myself, this is bizarre. This is wild. Like, are, are, black, are crimes against Black people not worthy of this national spotlight? Apparently not. We want to be, be on these shows and have our stories told. And we have compelling stories. We're victims of crime. Children are murdered. Men are murdered. Women are murdered. And yeah, sometimes we're doing the murdering. Sometimes we're doing the crime. But to have us only appear as the people who are the criminals, who are the defendants, who are being put on trial, is so fucked up. Like, you have no problem telling the story of a black man who murdered a white woman. But if you had to tell the story about a white woman who murdered a, a black man or a black woman, or you had to tell the story of a white man who murdered a black woman, or even a black man who murdered a black woman, if you had to tell that story, you'd rather not. You'd rather not. Even true crime podcasts, like, okay, take this recent, um, the recent Idaho murder case where uh, the, the one college student, I think he was a grad student, murdered, allegedly, four college students in an off-campus house. I mean, no offense to y'all, but white women jumped on this story. They were going to solve it. They were going to find this guy. They were going to decode everything, follow all the clues, follow all the evidence. And meanwhile, keep in mind, these people have no access to any of the evidence that the police have, okay? They have limited insight into what's going on, but they just fucking knew who did it. They knew who did it. They knew where he was. They knew who he was. They were pointing police in directions of this car and that car and this state and that. And they didn't know a fucking thing. The person police found wasn't anyone that, at least from the people that I saw on TikTok, it wasn't anybody that they had considered that they knew about. They were all surprised. And these true crime fanatics, hosts, whatever podcasts, TV hosts, they eat this shit up. If you watch court TV or any kind of court program, they love these multiple murderer cases. They love serial killer cases. The bloodier, the better. The more mysterious, the better, because they really can sink their teeth into that. They can really get a good story out of that. And sometimes, yeah, sometimes these shows, these podcasts, obviously, they help law enforcement resolve cases. They help wrongfully convicted people get out of prison. I've seen it. It's wonderful. They help bring light to injustices in the criminal justice system. Fantastic. But some of these shows and some of these hosts are so obsessed with telling the stories of white crime victims that they completely overlook that there is another sector of society that's being brutalized who are victims of crime, Black people, Hispanic people, Indigenous people. Like, nobody's fucking talking about what's happening to the Indigenous women in this country. They go missing and nobody gives a fuck. It's incredible. It is incredible. But it's the same with Black women. Black women go missing and nobody gives a fuck. The uh, Anthony Sowell case out of Cleveland all of those black women who went missing and police did not give one single solitary fuck because these women were, quote, throwaways. They were drug addicts. They were prostitutes. They were people who did not have good social support system. They weren't people that he was looking for. That's why it was easy for Sowell to get them because nobody was looking for them. But it turns out people were looking for them. It's just that police were not emphatic about searching for missing Black women. We're runaways, we're trafficked, we're murdered, we're kidnapped, we're held against our will, and people are not looking for us. People are not focusing on our cases. But if you turn on Dateline in 48 hours, oh, you're going to be focusing on a case about a white woman who was killed or kidnapped. They're harrowing stories. 
And don't get me wrong, it's sad. It's all very sad. But if you watched these shows, you would think this shit only happens to them. And then if you watch the news, what are Black people the, the victims of? If you look at recent current events with the Tyree Nichols case, what are Black people the victims of? Police violence, police brutality. Oh, you're going to see a story about a Black person being assaulted or killed by police. You're going to see it. You're going to see it everywhere. It's going to be national news. It's going to be on the local news. It's going to be on the radio. It's going to be, you know, weaved into podcasts like, the one, like this one. You're going to hear all about it. But you are not going to hear the everyday crime victim stories. You're not going to hear these stories about missing Black people. I follow an account on Facebook and on, it's on uh, Twitter as well called Black and Missing. It was an organization founded by two Black women to help bring light to stories about missing Black people. Because if you look in the media, you're not going to find a focus on cases about missing Black people. The media is going to hyper-focus on cases about missing white children, missing white women, if uh, a white man goes missing, like a professional, like a doctor or, you know, a ski instructor, just a, a dad, you're going to hear about those cases. But a black man goes missing, nobody gives a fuck. Oh, he's probably just out there. He got high, drunk somewhere. No, he's dead. But nobody looked for him. His friends and family are on social media and on TV begging police to take these cases seriously, to take his case seriously, and they're not doing it. They take a lackadaisical approach to, number one, they take a lackadaisical approach to missing person cases. They'd rather investigate a robbery than a missing person because in their mind, an adult is free to walk away. An adult is, it's okay for an adult to be missing because people have their own lives. Sometimes they just don't want to be bothered. Sometimes they just walk off. But most of the time, these people are endangered. It's not, oh, they just didn't want to be bothered with their family and they cut off their phone. No, most of the time, these people are endangered. They, are, they have a mental health crisis. They've been sexually trafficked. They've been um, murdered or they are in a situation, a domestic violence situation, and they can't get out of it. And police are hesitant to investigate a case of a missing adult. Even more, a missing Black child? They are so quick to dismiss the case of a missing Black child as a runaway. And we're finding more now that a lot of these runaways even, a lot of kids who are left home, they were kidnapped by sexual traffickers. That is a huge problem in the United States. Last year, I saw so many stories about the FBI and the Department of Justice busting up sex trafficking rings and finding kids who were missing from this state and that state. It's incredible. It is incredible. But there was one story about a young white girl who had been um, taken from a sports arena. I believe it was the Dallas Mavericks sports arena in Dallas, Texas. And of course, the family is wealthy, they're well-connected, so they were able to put pressure on federal authorities to help them find this young lady, to help the parents find their daughter. And that's fantastic. They found her. But by the time they found her, she had been subjected to some horrific things. She had been sexually assaulted. She was sexually trafficked. But they found her within a few days. That does not happen with Black people, okay? It doesn't happen for us. We have to literally go on social media to beg people to help us find our missing people, to help us find children who have left home, to help us find people who are in crisis. We have to beg law enforcement to take a look at a case, someone who's been missing for a year, two years, three years, four years. We have to beg for police to look at these cases to take them seriously. Because one, if there's no evidence of foul play, 
they're going to move on. If there's no evidence that something nefarious happened, they're just going to move on. They're going to talk to a couple people and, be, and, and and then they'll just move on to something else. They'll move on to something that they can solve. And then they'll put that case, your case, your sister's case, your father's case, your brother's case. They'll put that on the back burner. Cold cases. And so <laughs> when you go on these shows, 48 hours in Dateline, you're not seeing a lot of cases about Black people because our shit's not getting solved. It's not being taken seriously. It's not being dealt with in this manner. The stories about white crime victims seem to be more interesting when it's, you know, a man murdering his wife, a man who murdered his kids, a woman who poisoned her husband. That's far more interesting than just some Black kid, some young Black college kid who wandered off into the desert and was never seen or heard from again. Why? 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 Unconscious bias, that's why. Unconscious bias, and I've spoken about this in an earlier, much earlier episode of Ayana Explains It All from season one. Unconscious bias is defined as prejudice or unsupported judgments in favor of or against one thing, person, or group as compared to another in a way that is usually considered unfair. Like, for instance, Black people are victims of violence from police, right? That seems to be, or gang violence, that seems to be the bias hovering over Black people is that we are mainly victims of crime from police or gangs, which is ridiculous because that's not even, and not even half, right? Black people are victims of, of domestic violence. We're victims of accidents robberies, kidnappings. We're being killed by random people on the street. We're being killed in our own homes. I mean, there's not one specific thing that belongs to us. Police violence doesn't belong to Black people. Like, we don't own that. Does it happen to be inflicted upon us a lot? Yeah, but guess what? It happens to white people too. And let me tell you, they will be quick they will be quick to tell you that, well, I saw this video of police beating up a white guy and they shot this white guy, but you won't see that on the news because it doesn't fit the narrative. You're fucking right it doesn't fit the narrative because the narrative is that this shit is only happening to black people. The narrative is that this is the only type of crime that black people care about. The narrative is that this is the only type of crime that we have the power to stop. And that's bullshit. I'm sorry, I'm going to cuss a lot during this episode. I forgot to mention at the beginning of this, I cuss a little. I, I cuss a lot. Some episodes, it's worse than others, but I'm not going to censor myself. I can't do it. I'm most comfortable when I, and when I get worked up, the F-bombs and the S-bombs, they just come flying out. So if that ain't your thing, you know, just plug your ears, stick your fingers in your ears, but still keep the podcast on because I need the listeners. Help me grow my podcast. But anyway, yes, that is the narrative. The narrative is, is that this is the only crime that Black people care about. It's the only crime that's happening to us. We care about gangs and police. Everything else belongs to white people. So, yeah, you should be mad, white people, that your cases of police brutality are not getting the attention that the cases of Black people who have been murdered and assaulted by police are getting. You should be very upset but you're upset for the wrong reasons. You're not upset because it's happening to you. You're upset because no one is talking about it. Because the oppression Olympics are ongoing in the United States. And if anybody can prove that they're more oppressed than the other group, well, then that group should be getting the attention that the one group is getting, right? They should be in first place. Listen, if you want to have this shit, if you want to be first placed in the police brutality, uh games we would happily give you the reins take them take the gold medals take the shit shouldn't be happening to anyone it should not be happening to anyone in this country policing in the united states of america is fundamentally broken it is rotten to its core there is no tree apple tree bad tree no 
the entire fucking orchard of police, of policing in the United States, is rotten. It's garbage. If the entire thing could be scrapped and started over, that would be great. It's not going to happen. Why? Because you have too many powers at work. You have federal powers and you have state powers. And then you have local powers. And all of these people have to get on board and agree that something's got to happen and this is what we're going to do to change it. And so far, that's been impossible with anything in the United States. Look at reproductive rights. Can all the states get on board onto what's best for reproductive rights? No. There are states who leave them alone. Then there are states who take them away. There are states who severely limit them. They're all doing what they think is in the best interest of their people based on their core values, when it shouldn't be that. But it's the same with policing. There are some states where police have so much power, and the people also have a lot of power. But the police have so much power. Ohio is one of those states. Texas is another one of those states. Yes, people have the power when it comes to defending themselves, but you're not going to defend yourself against a police officer. They'll kill you. You have the power to defend yourself against another person, a lay person, but against a police officer, no. They'll shoot you. They'll kill you. And that is one of the problems. Their first line of defense is violence. They don't have time. They don't want to hear your story. They don't give a fuck what you have to say. They're not trying to reason with you. If they come to pick you up, they have a warrant and they come to pick you up and you even so much as breathe in a direction they are not going, you're resisting arrest and they're going to fuck you up. They're going to. They don't take the time to listen. They don't care. It's been a long day, a long shift. They've been listening to this shit all day. They do not care. They're just trying to get their job done. They're not community policing. They're not trying to reason with anybody. They're chasing people through the streets. I was born and raised in, um, I was born in Cleveland, but raised in East Cleveland. And East Cleveland has one of the worst records for police chases in the state of Ohio. Like there are some cities, some suburbs, cities, you can't chase suspects. But where I live now and where I grew up, you can absolutely, police can absolutely chase suspects and they fucking will. And they don't care what or who gets damaged or hurt or killed. They will not take responsibility. They will not apologize. They will not stop pursuing suspects. They're not going to change their policy. They're going to continue to do it because no one is stopping them. And by no one, I mean there's no governmental body saying stop doing this because for states and even the federal government, curtailing criminal activity and keeping, maintaining law and order, so important. And however they need to do that to accomplish that task is how they're going to do it. So if that means they have to speed through a busy intersection at 90 miles per hour to catch someone who stole a car and your ass is in the fucking crosswalk, that means they're going to hit you and you're going to die probably. And I mean, this has happened. I'm not making this up. This has happened. This has happened in the city I grew up in, East Cleveland. A young girl was killed. <laughs> Police have run over people, hit people, and they blame, of course, the, the, the suspect they were chasing. It's their fault. Well, if we didn't have to chase you, then this never would have happened. Suspects have been, have been killed. This happened in the city that I live in now. Uh, police chased this man and his passenger through the city. They had stolen a car. Police saw the stolen car, chased them. Kids were going so fast, they crashed into a fucking uh, utility pole and died. They don't care. Don't give a fuck. They literally do not care if they have to use deadly force, any force. They'll flip your fucking car over and not give a damn. They do not care. They will do whatever. And you know who gives them that power? State legislators, but also courts. The U.S. Supreme Court, state Supreme Courts, it just seems like every year they're expanding the power of law enforcement to use against citizens in arrests, in searches, 
in holding, in sentences, in criminal procedure, in the use of force. They're given this wide latitude. And if you happen to die or you're severely injured, they'll settle a lawsuit in a heartbeat. Cities will settle a lawsuit in a heartbeat. They make their citizens pay for police violence. We are paying, taxpayers are paying for police violence. Not just against Blacks. I know those are the only ones you see on TV, but against whites too. I once had to do research for something. I don't even remember, but I was looking at police brutality cases from Columbus, Ohio. Again, I'm in Ohio. And I was looking at the lawsuits, the amount of money that they had spent settling lawsuits because of police violence. Millions, millions, millions of dollars. Millions of dollars. And they do not care. They will take money from wherever they have to grab it from, and they'll give you a couple million, a couple hundred thousand. They don't care. The police, at least in Ohio, they are either not going to be charged, and if they're charged, they're not going to prison. Police are more, there's a higher chance that police will go to prison for some kind of internal misconduct like theft in office, from homes that they're searching or, or, uh, or suspects that they've arrested, but for assaults, murder, no, not in Ohio, maybe in other places. And I've seen it in other places, obviously. I've seen it in, in Minnesota, but that ain't happening in Ohio. You can fucking forget it. They're always right, always. Even the police officer who murdered Tamir Rice, that was such a clear case of murder. That man was found not guilty. And he has been trying ever since to get a job again in law enforcement. And every time the shit that he did, the murder that he committed catches up to him. And he can't get a job, which is fantastic. But he should be in prison. But again, again, we are hesitant in this state to convict a police officer of murder or of assault. We are hesitant. And yes, again, these things are happening to white people. They're happening to Hispanic people. They're happening to indigenous people. They're happening to everyone in this country. But you will only see it happening to black people. Why? Because that is what people want to consume. They want to see black bodies being thrown about laying in the street, bleeding, bloodied, laying on the floor of their homes, laying in their front yards, bleeding, bloodied, battered. They want to see that. They eat that up. That gets people really amped up. That gets people jazzed up. Nobody want to hear about how some man murdered his wife and kids. Here's Josh Mankiewicz talking about the case on Dateline. Snooze. No. That's that's good suburban, suburban white crime stories. That's what Dateline in 48 Hours is for. No, CNN gets the black, the black guy who was murdered by police, who was beat up by police. We get to see that video over and over and over. We get to see George Floyd dying on the streets of Minneapolis. We get to see that. We don't get to see the everyday shit that black people are going through. Because it's not interesting. Because there's that bias, that unconscious bias. Many researchers suggest that unconscious bias occurs automatically as the brain makes quick judgments based on past experiences and background. So, yeah, what was the first big police brutality case that we saw in the United States that everybody witnessed? Rodney King. The Rodney King case. And after that, there was a focus, a hyper focus on police brutality against black people. And we were all looking out for it. I mean, it happened way before the Rodney King case, of course. But here it is. We're looking at white cops beating up a black man. And then we had the trial, the trial where they were found not guilty. But then they were later convicted of violating his civil rights. 
and he won a, a judgment against them. But ever since then, we've been looking for these cases of police brutality against black people. That's what Black Lives Matter is about, right? Our lives matter. So police, please don't murder us. We deserve to be here. Eric Garner, Mike Brown. We deserve to be here. Breonna Taylor, we deserve to live. We deserve to have our lives valued. It's not that your lives don't matter. It's that our lives don't matter enough or at all. I mean, in the United States, most of the law enforcement officers in the United States, the majority are white. The majority are white. So when people say that, oh, well, it's not really racism that plays a part in us because black people can murder, too. Like the, the officers in the Tyree Nichols case. The majority of them are black. There were white officers involved, first responders involved. But the people you see committing the crime, hitting him, kicking him, punching him, they're black. So, I mean, obviously it can't be racism if black people do it. The institution of policing in the United States, of law enforcement in the United States, is based in slavery. Like most things in this United States, it was formed in American slavery. And they would use posses to go round up slaves who had run away. So the form of policing that we're using now started during the slavery times. It's not some newfangled police procedure. No. And a lot of these police uh, departments, they've still, they still hold a lot of the old policing, a lot of the old Jim Crow policing. They still don't have the resources to investigate crimes especially missing person cases. Oh, you can forget it. If there's anything that's not going to get investigated, it's that. So it's good that we have podcasts and TV shows that bring attention to these crimes. It's good that we have social media to bring attention to these crimes. But people are not talking about the crimes against Black people unless it has to do with police brutality. And it is sickening. Our cases are languishing. They're languishing in files, in file drawers, in storage closets, in warehouses, because our shit just isn't interesting enough. And then we get the, oh, well, people in the neighborhood aren't talking to us, so we can't do anything. Listen, people who witness something are not the only means of gathering evidence. There's actual physical evidence blood, DNA, um, urine, semen, hair. We can't really get anything from hair, but hair, um, clothing, carpet fibers, things of that nature. There's physical stuff that you can use. It's not just, well, there were people here and they saw it and nobody says anything, so we can't solve the crime. Are you inept? Are you new? Don't blame us because you cannot do your job, because you don't want to do your job, because you want things to be made easy for you. And it's easy to get somebody who said they saw somebody doing it. Most of the time, those people are fucking lying. You can't rely on eyewitness testimony to close a case for you. You can't rely on somebody saying they saw somebody as proof that they're still alive. So they're not really missing. Somebody said they saw them at the arcade the other day. Lazy policing. It's lazy. Not only are police violent, but they're lazy. A lot of people are going to take umbrage with what I just said. And to them, I say, I don't give a fuck because it's the truth. Police need to at least put some gas into solving the missing person cases of Black people, of Indigenous people. You saw how quickly law enforcement and the FBI hopped on the Gabby Petito case? I mean, a very sad case, by the way. Very sad. Nothing I say here is going to take away from what happened. 
But y'all jumped on that fucking case. White people jumped on it. Social media jumped on it. Law enforcement jumped on it. They had the FBI investigating this shit within days. When does that happen? When does that ever happen? When do the, the resources of the FBI come to bear for one missing person? Happens a lot for white women. Happens a lot for white children. And good for them. Good that they get law enforcement to take their shit seriously. A lot of us, others, we don't get the same treatment. There is a perception that black crime victims play a role in our victimization. So a lot of times police don't take our shit seriously. There's a perception that we are into drugs, prostitution, gang violence. There's a perception that we play a role in what happened to us and why we are missing. That we are willing participants. So this results in less attention being paid to violent crimes against black people especially women. Fewer resources then, because of these, this unconscious bias, then fewer resources are driven to Black communities to combat violent crime, to combat it, to investigate it, to solve it. I mean, lots of people go missing every day, but the fact that one White person gets national news attention, gets the attention of the FBI, is incredible to me. It's incredible. It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. And I feel very sorry for Gabby Petito's family. What happened to her is absolutely horrendous. Should not happen to anyone. But it is happening to so many women. It's happening to men. It's happening to children. But you wouldn't know it if you turn on the TV. What's happening to black people? Oh, we're getting beat by police. What's happening to white people? Oh, a suburban dad, father of four, kills his wife and children and turns the gun on himself. They wouldn't describe a black person like that. They wouldn't do that. It would be man kills wife. They don't describe like, news stories aren't describing Black people using flowery language, right? Using language that describes what they do or who they are. It's man kills wife in domestic dispute. It'll, be, it'll say domestic dispute. Implying that the woman, that the, the victim did something to incur what happened to them. And a lot of times, murder cases are dismissed as domestic disputes. Lovers spat. Lovers quarrel. Oh, yeah. Lots of love going around when you're laying on the fucking ground with a hole in your head. Sure, that's love. Oh, yeah. Feel that. But that unconscious bias plays a role in how our stories are told, how they're treated in the national news media, how they're treated locally, how they're treated by law enforcement. And I cannot tell you the number of times I've seen Black and Missing host a case, a story about a missing Black woman or adult male, adult missing adult male or child that I did not see anywhere else, that I didn't see anywhere else. They're telling stories that no one else is telling because these are Black stories. They don't belong to us. Because these are problems affecting everybody. Kidnapping and murder, that transcends race. So why do we have to have a special project dedicated just to finding our people? It's because law enforcement, by and large, does not put enough resources into finding us when we go missing. They just aren't doing it. National news is not paying attention to black crime victims unless we're being beaten by police, unless we're being killed by police, unless we've been killed by police. 
Then it's a big news story. Then, oh, bleeding hearts. Oh, I feel so sorry for their families. Oh, my God. Yeah. But this police brutality, police violence against Black people isn't even, it's not even half of what we're experiencing here in the United States. But this is what gets your attention. So you mean to tell me if something happens to me, it better be at the hands of police or nobody's going to give a fuck? I mean, that's how I feel about it. That's how it makes me feel, because that is what I see. That is what I see. You mean to tell me if I go missing, my family's going to have to get on TV, get on social media and beg law enforcement, beg somebody to help them find me? (sighs) It's ridiculous. It's absolutely ridiculous. But we know public pressure can force law enforcement to take seriously and investigate missing person cases. Especially uh, videos. If something is caught on video, oh, please, you'll have a team of, of, of dudes on horses trying to solve it. The the, uh, Shanquilla Robinson case. I don't know where where that is. I mean, I know that um, I know that Mexico. Has issued an arrest warrant for someone and they have an extradition order, I think. If they don't have an extradition order, then they shit they can do. They can have an arrest warrant. But unless the person is returned to Mexico, there's nothing Mexico can do. But that case, because social media got wind of it, because there was video, because there was someone on, I believe he was either on Facebook Live or TikTok Live describing what happened. Turns out he was involved in it. Because of that, law enforcement prioritized that case. But the the pressure from the public was so much that they we would we were we were not going to allow them to ignore this case. We were not going to let it happen. But that case, even though it happened in another country, that case is what is happening to so many black men and women. We're being killed and our cases are not being properly investigated. Families are having to put pressure on law enforcement, get in their ear show up and ask them, why did this happen? How did this happen? Are you going to investigate this? Have you looked into this person and this person and this person? Do you have a suspect? It's incredible. It's it's absolutely incredible. And (laughs) I talked about this on Twitter um, last year when I when I discovered When I made this, when I had this epiphany about Dateline and 48 Hours and the replies I got was, yeah, but they have no problem showing you when a black person is the perpetrator of a crime. They have no problem. Black people do more than just get beat up by police, by the way. I don't even have, maybe even once a year do I have an interaction with police. I'm not saying that it's not real. It certainly is real. You see it. You see it on TV. You see the statistics. But I'm not having these interactions with police so much that I would, you know, end up being a victim of police crime. But you just never know. You never know. But I am more likely to be the victim of a crime at the hands of someone I do know. An intimate partner. A neighbor. A sibling. A parent. I'm more likely to be the victim of crime from someone I know than a police officer. So why is it? Why is it? I mean, I've already told you why it is because of bias. But why aren't you highlighting these stories so that we can see resolution of their cases, so that we can find the black and missing, so that we could highlight all of these crimes that are happening in the black American community, in the larger communities, to help prevent them, drive resources to them. If people don't know this stuff is going on, they're not going to, they're not voting to change laws. They're not voting to give more funding to this or that program. 
because they think we're victims of a particular kind of crime. So what do we need? Oh, we need these programs where the police and the citizens are, they get together and they talk and they interact. No. That's great. That's fine. That's fine. Yes. What do they have, like a citizen's on patrol program or something in my city, a citizen's police academy. That's great. But you know what else is going on in this city? There's domestic violence. There's a lot of theft, a lot of robberies. A lot of car thefts. Child neglect, child child abuse. We need to talk about these things. We need to talk about these things more than we need to focus on What kind of relationship do police have with the people? They don't rule over us. We pay their salaries. We're paying for them. We're paying for their their work. We're also paying for their fuck-ups. They work for us. Why is the focus not on what is happening to us versus what the police are doing to us? Black people are more than victims of crime at the hand of police. I'm not saying that I want to suddenly see on 48 hours stories about black women being murdered by their their husband or boyfriend. I would like more focus and more attention paid to black victims of crime. I'd like to see that. I'd love to see that. I'd love to see that for indigenous people, too. You think because these people live on reservations that they don't matter? I know some of you do. I know some of you do. You you believe that. Again, you're biased. You need to let go of that shit. You need to let it go because these problems are going to persist. These issues are not going to go away. They're only getting worse. They are getting worse. They are getting worse. Policing in America is getting worse. Everything is getting worse because we're not talking about, we're not talking about things. We're not exploring the right things. Something big happens like the Tyree Nichols case. And people talk about reforming law enforcement for a little bit. President Biden and the Congressional Black Caucus is going to get together and talk about what we can do about police brutality in the United States. And it's just, and it goes nowhere. It goes nowhere. Everyone's aware that this is a problem, but it's not going anywhere. You know why? Because police are highly regarded in American society, and that's great, fine. So why is it that Americans have guns that they could potentially use against police officers? We're putting guns in people's hands, but then we're also giving police power to use guns against us, and everybody's got a gun. Everyone's violent. It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. You prop them up and say blue lives matter, but then you give your citizens the power to carry without permits, carry with permits, open carry. Uh, Use the gun against somebody who's in your home, who's in your garage, who pulled you over and is yelling in your face at your car. You make their job harder. You give them more You give them more power and then you make their job harder. But then you don't even properly train them. And so you see what happens when you don't properly train them, when you don't instill humanity in them. I don't even know if you can teach. Can you teach humanity? I feel like that's something that you have to be raised to learn. You can certainly teach people to let go of their unconscious bias. So when they look at a black person, they don't see a gang member. They don't see someone who's violent. They're not clutching. Women aren't clutching their purses and locking their car doors. Police aren't stopping and frisking black people because they assume they're up to no good. You can certainly undo unconscious bias. Can you teach humanity? If you don't look at the person next to you and think that they are worthy of being here, I don't think that's something you can teach. To see value in another human being? If you've gotten to whatever age you're at when you're listening to this and you don't see value in other human beings, there's something wrong. 
when you think it's okay for police to beat a man to death because he didn't stop when they told him to, there's something wrong with you. When you think it's okay for a black woman to be kidnapped or mistreated or abused because she's on drugs or because she's a sex worker, there's something wrong with you. You think it's okay for a child to be kidnapped because their parents weren't doing a good job of watching them. There is something wrong with you. Yeah, there's something wrong with you. And I don't think it's something that you can learn from a podcast. I don't think it's something that you, you can uh, gain from going to any kind of religious service. It's something that has to be undone. You have to unlearn. You have to unlearn. You have to do a lot of self-reflecting. And people aren't doing self-reflecting nowadays. If you want to learn about yourself, you have to reflect on your values, your principles. And a lot of people just aren't fucking doing it. They're accepting the status quo. They're accepting who they are. I'm me. And if you don't like me, then fuck you. Well, sometimes who you are is a big fat jerk. I wanted to end this by saying we all need to support each other in our communities. We see issues. We see problems. We see things happening. We hear about things happening. And we really kind of want to go in our houses, close the door, close the blinds, close the shades, and pretend like these things aren't going on. We don't want to make waves. We don't want to get involved. We don't want to get, we might get injured if we try to get involved in something. We, get, we might get hurt. And so we don't stop anything. We don't want to get involved. But you cannot, you can no longer sit idly by and see what is happening in your communities and let it continue to happen. And how do you change this? I've said it before and I'll say it again and I'll keep saying it. Voting. It's not just public pressure that changes policies, that sees different things happening, that sees growth in your community. No, it starts with voting because you have to put people in place who are amenable to change. You can't keep voting the same people in and think that they're going to do anything different. They're fucking not. They're not going to see where there's a problem. And because they still have a job, well, obviously, there's nothing wrong. People keep voting for me, right? It starts with your vote. That is your voice. That is how you change this. That is how we change this. That is how we make this better. And this has been Ayana Explains It All, brought to you by Facts, Figures, and Enlightenment. Take care. <laughs>